Space. I am Kim Kral. I am reporting to you, not live, from my closet. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, I'm in a good mood today. I woke up. I felt kind of like funky when I woke up, right? Like I, I just woke. I just felt like a little off, like just like... I don't, I don't want to say like the words, like, what is the use? But it kind of felt like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you, but I, like I wrote, I, I, this is, I'm going to try and breathe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, but I just, it's starting, it's been a year. We're coming up on a year of, you know, a pandemic. And so I, I often forget that when I'm feeling off, you know, like, it's just like, Oh, why do I feel so like not motivated and a little sad and off? And then I like, think about it for a second. I'm like, well, you've been there. You, you're part of, you're part of like I collaborated on the pandemic, but like, you know, there's been a pandemic now for a year, half a million people are dead in our country, more, you know, more around the world. Um, there's like not, there's kind of an end in sight, but now I've, I don't know about you, but it's odd. Like it was like, I was being bombarded with the numbers and lockdown and how they're raising and blah, blah, blah. And like, you got to get tested and you got to stay in and you got to get that. And then the vaccine happened and now it's like vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. And it's just like, you have to kind of dig for, I, I I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm just like getting different news sources or maybe we just have a different uh, administration that's not just like putting fear in our faces all the time and more like hope. I don't know, but um, I have no idea. I just know that I woke up and I was feeling just really off and just like, kind of like, why bother? And I have a bunch of stuff that I I'm doing and I'm really excited about and I'm really scared. Like, you know, when you're like on the right path, like this is what I've always been told. You're on the right path when your goals equal parts, scare the shit out of you and excite the shit out of you. Right. So like, that's where I'm at. I have a bunch of stuff I'm working on that like scare the shit out of me, but I'm like super excited about and it scare the shit back into me or excite the shit out of, you know what I mean? I don't know I'm, what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but so I like wrote out and I was just like, oh yeah, that's like, I read this tweet the other day. I don't remember who said it, but it was like, why do I feel so sad? She said a year into a pandemic living alone in her apartment with no, like, you know, like with like our government fighting financial aid kind of being iffy sometimes. Like I am no longer able to do what I've made money for, made money with for the last decade, right? Like I can't, I can't bartend. Um, I did, I did try to walk yesterday. I'm trying, and I didn't walk too much just cause I, before I overdid it. And then I ended up back on steroids. So I walked like a half a mile and it, I, I was, I was um, very tired and winded afterwards. So we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, I'm, I'm doing overall fine with the, with, you know, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent and but I'm not like dipping back down to like 40 to or 30%. You know, like I'm like, I'm like at an even 60% all the time. I am not at all where I was before I got COVID, but I'm hopeful. And, you know, there's not bad days. There's not like I had days, like there was like two months where I just didn't get out of bed. So I keep trying to remind myself that even though I feel now I'm in a like stagnant, like plateau on my progress, but like I could be still not being able to get out of bed. Like the only thing I could eat for two months was soup. Like that's the only thing that I could like, like would that sounded at all. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there's, so I was feeling a little off today and what I do every morning and I suggest doing this, like, I, I don't know how many people when they ask me, I get asked a lot, like what, you know, what is your like more, not a lot, but you know, a dozen times a week, I guess that's a lot. Um, like what's your morning routine? And like, I, I'm a believer in having like a spiritual gym, right? All of the self-help books, gurus, coaches, 12 step programs, everyone will tell you to have like, you know, some kind of meditation practice. Um, and I like, I like Jen Sincero, who's the author of all the badass books. She says, she calls it a spiritual gym. And I like that because people go to the gym. So I, um, I'm trying to put in practice a nighttime routine. I have one, but I'm trying to get another extra thing in. But in the mornings I wake up and I, I took this from the artist way and I'm doing the artist way now. I'm on week nine. I'm on, I've really been doing it. I started like mid, mid COVID. So like I've been doing it for like four months. So I'm way should be done, but I had COVID. So I'm giving myself a little bit of a breather that I missed a week or two, but I, it, I'm still getting a shit ton out of it. But I did the artist way. I like, I attempted to do the artist way for the first time, I'm going to say like 15 years ago. And I learned about the morning pages. And if you don't know what morning pages are, uh, 
or the artist way. The artist way is a, um, oh man, I have to stop to breathe. so fun. I get really wind by the time I set everything up in here, I'm so winded. Um, but the artist way is basically it's by Julia Cameron. You should check it out. Even if you're not an artist, check it out. It's, it's a 12 week spiritual artist unblock, right? So if you're a writer and you're blocked, but it's so much more than that. Like she talks about in there that like lawyers do the, her, the 12 week. And it's just about like, honestly, it's just about like hanging out with your inner child and just like lightening the fuck up and like connecting to source or God or like whatever you, whatever you believe in, it's connecting to that more. Right. And so it's really powerful. It's really cool. And I attempted it a lot uh, many times over the course of like a decade. And then finally, like eight years ago, I did it for the first time all the way through. And I honestly don't remember I'm doing it again. And I don't remember most of the stuff I'm learning right now. Cause I did it so much. I got all the way to week four, like 40 times. So we are week five, no four. doesn't matter. Um, I, and I got through that so many times that like, I basically have week one through four pretty much memorized, but so week five to nine and like five to nine I'm learning so much because I only did it like once before but that one of the things that you do in it is every morning you write when you wake up you go to a notebook and a journal notebook and you write you write it's important that you use your hand because it's like there's like a there's like a cognitive something with your brain to your hand of like getting stuff out it's better than typing is what I'm saying because I used to type it out and I never got as much out of it as I do when I'm writing. She explains why, but I can't remember. I think it's some sort of cognitive thing. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly. Who cares? Uh, but um, you wake up and you go straight to your journal and you write three pages and you just write. Like not, it doesn't need to be good. No gr- grammar, no judgment, nothing. Like, and like, they're boring. They're like, that. that's like the point of it. It's going to be like very re- redundant, repetitive Um, I call them now and I started doing this like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, every morning for three, three pages. I fall off when I have, you know, when I have, it's interesting. I fall off when I was, you know, the most, I'm going to say spiritually sick. Um, you know, when I had my most, uh, you know, I was, when I was dating Jimmy, the dragon, when, uh, yeah, when I was seeing the toxic guy, whoever, you know, insert name or, you know, was drinking a lot and partying a lot and trying to run away from problems. Like I really fall off and I find now I fall off. I haven't fallen, fell off in, you know, the last, uh, you know, last year or two. Um, not too much anyway, like maybe a few days here and there, but, um, I find when I don't want to do it, like in the morning when I avoid it, it's because I'm avoiding something that I don't want to talk about. Cause a hundred percent of the time, if I take it to the point in my morning pages, I call them letters to God once again. But if I take it to the pages, I find a solution. Like I find, I find a relief or a solution and I'm not as rigid about the three, three pages. Cause I was doing the uh, artist way with my cousin and he was like, God, sometimes I have a hard time getting to three pages. And I'm like, I don't, I, I, I've been doing them for so long that I automatically kind of go to three or four pages, but I never count. Like I just, um, cause sometimes I'll write for like 14 pages. I was I, last week I was, Oh, I'll talk about that. I was working through a, a trigger. Um, it sucked, uh, but I was working through a trigger. So I like wrote out like 14 pages And, and then some days I write like two or three and it's just not, you know, but, and then I do my affirmations. Um, and then I read a couple of my literature from my 12 step program. And and now I am, I've always been like, well, that's my meditation, right? Whew. Had to breathe. Um, that's my meditation, but I decided I'm going to try and do a meditation every morning. I think I'm going to start doing it at night too. It's like five minutes, right? Like just start with five minutes because I hear that it can just be like completely, like I read that like, say your brain is a bar, like a loud bar. Mine is a very loud bar. It's very loud in here. It's just lots of, there's a lot of committing members that are yelling at all times and um, quieting that will get you closer to connection with, you know, whatever your higher power is or whatever you believe in. But so I would recommend, I don't even know why I started telling you that. I don't know. Oh yes. Cause I felt really fucked. I just felt really off this morning and not like bad, but just kind of like, I like, I'd rather know what my feeling is. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather wake up and know that I feel shitty. Like, Oh, I feel sad today because of X, Y, and Z or, Oh, I feel angry because of X, Y, Z. But when I wake up and I feel blank and I just like, don't, that freaks me out because I, um, 
if you've struggled with depression, you know that that's pretty much in my experience, that's how I felt all the time when I was, when I was um, at my peak wanting to hurt myself. It wasn't, I wasn't sad. I wasn't angry. I wasn't, you know, any of that. I was just empty. And, and it's not, it's, it's a dark place to be. It's, um, I don't want to speak for other people who deal with depression, but like that is what it is for me. And that's much scarier than when I'm sad or when I'm really angry because the emptiness is the part where it's like, well, what does it matter? You know? Um, and I woke up with a little bit of that this morning and the gift is I used to lay in that and then, you know, walk straight to my, from my bed to my couch and turn on the TV and just disassociate for 12 hours. Yeah. Like the whole day, like I would watch like a whole, you know, 12 hours of television. And then before I knew it, it was dark out and it was just like, oh, I don't remember today. Well, I'll do better tomorrow. And then I'd, I'd get off off my couch and, you know, I wouldn't wash my face, pick up any of that, you know, and I had eaten, you know, shit all day because you still have to eat even if you're just like laying and disassociating on the couch. And, um, and then I would, you know, I would just leave whatever fucking, you know, gross crap I was eating or I, you know, if I'd ordered in from Taco Bell, just mad, you know, whatever. And then I go to bed, usually not taking off my makeup or brushing my teeth or any of that stuff. Cause it was just like, what does it fucking matter? And each night I'd go to bed promising myself I would do better tomorrow, but I would wake up empty again. And, and, you know, I would do my, my commitments that I had to do. And if people wanted to hang out, I'd go out, but I'd get really, really drunk. And it was all just disassociating. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like I, I look back on all those days and all and the times and you know, some of them have even been as recent as in the last year. Um I I don't have them as many as you know, I don't have they're much fewer and far between, but I do I have mental illness and uh if you struggle with it, you're not alone. And if any of this resonates, I, I'm I, I I send my love out to you. I've been there and and yeah, and that would be, you know, and then you'd go out and then you'd get drunk and you'd feel even worse the next day. And so it'd just be another couch day. And then, you know, before you know it, lots of time had passed. And then you're, then you got the shame and but you're still empty. And it's just, it's, so the gift is, is I woke up today feeling a little bit of that, but I, I took to my pages and I wrote it out and it was just like, oh, you feel this way because you, there's a pandemic and a lot of people have died and there's a lot of people who still don't believe it's real people that you know, don't take it seriously. And, it, and it's okay to just be easy on yourself. Um, God, this breathing thing's a nightmare. Um, I just can't take a full breath. Right. I have to say this every week. Uh, one day we might be able to, but, uh, so I, I'm fine. I don't, if you were hearing this and you're like, Oh my God, is she, I'm not back at that place at all. What the, the thing is, is what I've found that the trick, fuck, I can't breathe. Um, the trick is to, uh, I'm going to pause this. No, I'm not. I'll be fine. The trick is to, the trick is to do these things when you're feeling good, right? Like that's, like, that's what, that's what saved me on days. Like that's what saves me on days like today. Like I had this pro like this, it's always like I had this problem when I was in Al-Anon years ago, right? I was at Al-Anon's a 12 step program for friends and family of alcoholics. If you are in that position, I highly, if you have a friend or family member that is an alcoholic, I highly recommend going to Al-Anon. It saved my life. Um, ACA is really, it gets down and it, it saw it, it heals an old, it heals the childhood trauma. But if you have an active alcoholic in your life, I really recommend, um, Al-Anon. But when I, when I, the, when I was an Al-Anon, I would only go when I felt really, really bad, like at the brink of like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm going to do something. I got to get to a meeting and it, there'd be relief. And then I, you know, I'd, I'd go for a while and then I started to feel better. <sighs> Fuck guys, I guess I can't walk. I guess that is, I'm going to have a fucking breakdown. Are you kidding me? Like I can't breathe. I had to pause it. If you notice, there was like a dip in the thing. I had to pause it and walk around for a minute. Fuck me. Um, so annoying. It's just like how, uh, and, and that's, that's the other thing. Of course I woke up a little bit like oh, whatever, you know, like, but so I would go to Al-Anon for a while and then I would start to feel better as it does when you start to do, you know, when you start to do your spiritual gym shit, just like when you start to go to the gym, you know, the regular gym, I'd start to feel better. 
And slowly I would drop off and I slowly would stop going to Al-Anon and then, you know, and then slowly my shit would come back and then without, and it's so, you know, it's so quick, but so subtle. So it's like, you don't even notice until one day you're back laying on the couch for days in a row, unless you have to go to work. And so I find the trick is to do these things when you feel good because I do them now that I feel good. So when days like today, I don't feel good. It's a habit. So like, I don't feel good today. I feel, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm actually, you know, it's funny. I'm fine now, but I woke up feeling not good and it's okay. That's, that's fine. Like it's, it's funny. Like I was reading about to- uh, positive toxicity, um, toxic positivity. doesn't matter, I guess, <laughs> however you say it, but it is so true. Like, you know, those people when you're like, oh, I feel bad and they're like, oh, but you have a roof over your head and you have all these things to be grateful for. And it's just like, yeah, I do. But I don't, it's okay to not feel okay sometimes. You know, it's okay to be, I feel bad. And and you telling me why I shouldn't feel bad is minimizing my feelings to make you more comfortable because you're uncomfortable with me feeling bad. And... So it's just, it's, it's, so it's okay. I don't feel okay. I didn't feel okay when I woke up today. I did my shit that I do that makes me feel good. And I'm actually in a good mood now. The breathing thing could, is pissing me off, but that's, that's the thing that I've sort of gotten used to, unfortunately, in this, in this, uh, last four months. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, and I also do a thing I have, I have, um, Family and friends that are like, you put on makeup every day. You get fully ready every day. And I was talking to my cousin the other night and I was like, and we were talking about that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I do. I have, uh, I have depression. And, um, if I just roll out of bed and go lay on the couch with my pajamas, I won't do anything. I will, I will lay in bed for four days. That is, that is sadly, I, my brain's broken. Not sadly. I'm, I, I think I have a beautiful fucking brain. My brain works wonderfully. It just, it has, you know, some sad stuff to it. It has a little bit of, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad sometimes. Not sad, empty. I don't know. That's, (laughs) I just don't need messages that are like, are you going to be okay? I'm fine. Like, and that's what the, and that's what most of this is about. I'm fine. And like, I, I, because these things are habit, these, these things that I do to take care of myself are a habit. When I woke up this morning feeling shitty, I did all of them anyway. And now it's like, you know, four hours after I've woken up and I'm, I'm feeling good again. So that's, I, I don't know. That's a tip. I don't know. I don't know why I say that. Uh, that's a tip. I do actually know why I say, it. I don't know. And I think a lot, I had an old sponsor. I would say, I think this, or I don't know what to do. And she would go, you know, it's funny. Every time you say, I don't know what to do, you follow it by something that you should do. And that you like, and she goes, and most of the time it's a better option than what I thought. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's and it's just because I grew up in an environment where I was told my feelings were incorrect most of the time. My perceptions were incorrect most of the time. And if I did feel anything or think anything, yeah, I was just I was told I was wrong most of the time. So now my brain thinks, I don't know if I can do this today, guys. This breathing is really bad. Fuck. That's so I guess the walking is out, huh? I guess that. Well, we tried. We'll try in another couple of weeks, I guess. It sucks. Just wear a mask. Wear a fucking mask. Even if you're in Texas, that shit's wild, right? So the other stuff I do at night, um, at night, my my spiritual gym, which isn't really a spirit, I write a gratitude list. I think I'm going to bring the gratitude list to the morning and meditate at night before I go to bed. Um, meditate both morning and evening. I don't know. I'm toying, away, uh, toying around with stuff. Now that I got a good base going on my routines, I'm going to add a couple of things I've always wanted to try. <sighs> fuck dude this sucks this really sucks I'm sorry most of this podcast is going to be me being like I can't breathe I can't breathe um but a, a couple a, a couple of fun lighter notes I was out in the world a couple of a uh, week ago so mom jeans are a thing huh that's that is what gen z I guess they're called they call they, I don't know if they call them so I don't know who names the generations but ah there's the breath but I was out and I was walking around and like, like kids are wearing mom jeans. But that's like, we're, we're going with that. That's the thing that we're all going with. I have a friend that is a male person, a male 
person. Uh, not like he delivers mail, but he's a boy. Um, I don't know why I said it's so weird. Uh, he wears mom jeans and always has. And I, I think he's like rather sensitive about it. So I, it's taken all I have not to tweet. This is your time to shine. I think I'm going to, I don't know if he's, I think he's since he's a comedian, so he's probably going to find it funny. I don't know, but it's, it's so funny. I have a couple of girlfriends who are like a little worried about what Gen Z thinks. Like they're like, well, Gen Z says this and Gen Z says that. And I'm like, teenagers didn't think I was cool when I was a teenager. Why would I care if teenagers think I'm cool now? Right? Like teenagers are idiots too. Teenagers are stupid. And like 20 year olds, I was an idiot when I was 20, like 20 year olds are idiots. And if you're a 20 year old and you're like, fuck you, Kim, believe me, I would have said the same thing when I was 20. And now that I'm almost 40, I'm like, yeah, that's part of being 20, right? You're, you're supposed to be an idiot because you're supposed to be learning and like try. I hope you're out there making, taking risks and doing crazy shit. But like, why would we, the side part, people are very concerned about their side part. Just like, if anything, if you listen to this podcast and if there's anything I have, have passed along or tried to like shown you or teach you. I don't know if I'm teaching anybody anything. I don't want to sound like I'm not some like, who the fuck am I? But, um, is do whatever the fuck you want to do. If you want to wear mom jeans, wear your mom jeans. If you don't want to wear mom jeans, don't. If your part is side part, part it on the side. Like, why we give these kids this power? Like, I don't know. I just have a group of girlfriends who are like, I don't know. Gen Z says this and Gen Z says that. And like, we don't want to do this anymore because apparently according to Gen Z and I'm like, what? What? Who cares? What? I don't know. I've never been a cool person. So maybe that that's part of it. Um, another interesting, exciting thing for all of you, uh, uh, according to the QAnon world. Yeah. Left turn, mom jeans, Gen Z, QAnon. Oh no, I don't. I thought I was going to throw up. That would be very funny for the video. If I just puked, what is happening? Um, I'm going to lay down after this. Don't worry. Um, fuck. I'm definitely going to lay down after this. Um, I've been doing this for 20 minutes and I'm like fucking winded. This blows dude. Uh, so QAnon, QAnon, uh, believe that tomorrow, March 4th, Donald Trump is going to be re-inaugurated and Biden is going to be arrested. Some of them believe that Biden has already been arrested and who we know as our president now is an imposter. Like they did sort of a face-off situation, which, you know, I don't want this to be true, but like what fun would it be? Like what a time, like it's already like what a time to be alive, but like what a time to be alive if all of a sudden Trump comes out and is like surprise and Biden, like whoever Biden is like takes off his mask and it's like Biden's been in jail. Like what? Like what? I mean, I believe in some bizarre things. Some of you know that I believe that Billy Shears actually is Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney died in 1966. I believe that 97%, like 3% if someone were to tell me like, yo, that's not real. Like, and there was like DNA, like, have they ever done a DNA a test? I actually don't know that, but I'm pretty positive. I don't think Paul McCartney and once again, Paul McCartney, number two has been Paul McCartney longer than regular Paul. Like first Paul McCartney was Paul McCartney. So technically he's this guy we know is Paul McCartney is Paul McCartney. Cause he's been Billy Shears has been Bolly Paul McCartney for 40 some odd years, longer, 60 years. Whoa, that's wild. What? 66. Oh my God. I, oh, does anybody else think that 1999 was like 10 years ago still? Fuck. I can't breathe. Um, Jesus. So yeah, they believe that just like, I believe in some bizarre shit. I believe in some bizarre shit. I just can't wrap my head around the people that think that Trump is going to get re-inaugurated tomorrow. They all thought it was January 20th and then that didn't happen. So instead of just being like, oh, maybe we were wrong, they doubled down and put, picked a new date and that Anderson Cooper eats babies or drinks their blood. I'm, I'm a little hairy about that. Um, fuck, guys. I'm sorry. I'm trying to just... I know I don't have to. I love I get emails and DMs from you guys that are like, don't apologize for not being able to breathe. I guess this is a good... I wish more people would listen to this part of COVID. Um, I got COVID nine, uh, four months ago, four months ago, and I am still, I'm sitting here doing nothing. I walked on no hills yesterday. It was like, it, I mean, it was maybe a, like a tiny hill. So like, but pretty even ground for 30 minutes, a half a mile. That's not that quick. That's a pretty slow pace in a very small 
like amount of like a very small mileage. I, I it's just not that, you know, that's not long. And today I'm fucking paying for it. And just, it's really, really frustrating. It's just really, I don't know how to describe it. And a friend of mine got the vaccine and she was exhausted, tired. We we're talking like, she was just like, man, I just need to like sleep for like a week. And I was like, yeah, dude, I hear you. And she goes, that's been you for four months. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's why I understand where you feel. Like, I'm sorry you're going through that. I'm, I'm glad it'll last, you know, last two days and then you just won't get COVID. That's really rad. I'm really happy. Um, I don't want her to get, you know, I don't want anybody I love to get COVID, but I just, there's the, we don't hear this side of it that often. And this sucks, dude. This fucking sucks. Um, so, uh, I, I have a really big fear. I wanted to talk about this a couple of weeks ago. I wrote it down and I keep forgetting to say it. So I, one of my biggest fears, one of my biggest like irrational fears is having bad breath. Hear me out. And we haven't had to deal with people with bad breath for like a year now, but remember when you would know that person, like I worked with this girl who had the worst breath all the time, all the time, like so bad. I mean, just so, so bad. And she was so pretty and so cute and so nice, but so bad. I mean, not even like she smoked. So it was like smoker's breath on top of like bad, bad breath. So it was like a weird little cocktail. And she had nobody in her life to tell her, yo, man, what's going on? You should go to a doctor. There's a, a woman that I know that I used to work with, um, not in the bar world, profe uh, professionally career wise. And she is a makeup artist and, um, she, and she has, has, has really bad breath. I'm not using names here. Cause I don't know. It's kind of mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but like my buddy knows her and my buddy was, uh, with, with, um, with us one time. And I later I asked him, I was like, Hey, do you notice that her breath? He goes, yeah, I, I do. And I was like, what? Like how? And she's like a really like a serious boyfriend. It's like, is he just used to it? Or does he not love her enough to be like, like, it's like bad enough where it's like, you probably need to go to a doctor. Like if your breath is like chronically, and I'm terrified I'm that person. I'm terrified I'm that person. That like, if I, that I just have bad breath and I just go around in my life and like no one has ever said anything. Like when I was in second grade, no second, that's not true. Fourth grade, fifth grade, doesn't matter. Fifth grade, we'll call it. My friend Julie Grego and I were sitting outside and we were, we were, we, we were like, we're scared of having bad breath. Like we have learned recently that someone could have bad breath and people could smell. Like the day I found out that human beings could smell was a day that my whole life changed forever. Like a new, a new fear popped in forever. I'm terrified of me smelling, my apartment smelling, my, my breath smelling, my car smelling, anything that has to do with me. I'm afraid of it being a bad smell. I know I don't mostly because I get complimented on my smell so often, but it's because I'm just really conscientious about it. So one time Julie and I were in fifth grade. Yeah. I don't know why it matters how old we were. So, but we're, you know, elementary school. We're talking about bad breath. So then we're like, all right, well, I would tell you if you had bad breath. Well, I would tell you too. Well, I would tell you. And so we are like, all right, well, let's smell each other's breath. So I smell hers and it doesn't smell like anything. It doesn't smell like anything at all. And I'm like, oh, it just smells like air. Like it doesn't smell. And she's like, all right, now let me smell yours. And then I, I blow into her mouth and she's like, it doesn't smell bad, but it, it smells like milk. Julie ruined my life that day. Julie ruined my life that day. She ruined my life. Um, <laughs> like I was like, what? And she was like, well, it's just milk. It's not like bad sour milk. It just, and like, I drank a lot of milk as a kid. So now like my adult brain knows like, yeah, that tracks. Like I probably just had a glass of milk. Like I drank a lot of milk as a kid, which is gross, but kind of cool now. Cause like I have really, really strong nails, hair, teeth, and bones. So like all, like I, I know some people are like, that doesn't blah, blah, blah. but like I had got a lot of calcium as a kid. I don't drink a lot. I don't drink milk now, but I got a lot of calcium as a kid, but that bitch ruined my life that day. Now. And like, now I'm so, or maybe helped it. Maybe she helped it because for the rest of my life, I am terrified of having bad breath. Terrified. And I was talking to my buddy who knows this makeup artist friend. And I was like, how, how has her boyfriend not said anything? And we both kind of agreed that like, oh, probably, probably, uh, they, he's probably just used to it. Right. It's probably just like, cause you get used, like I lived in Greeley, Colorado, which is a small cow town outside of Denver for a couple of years. And it had a meat packing plant. And I think I've told you guys about this before. You get used to the smell. Like you, like when you, when you're in the smell for a long time, you get used to it. 
So that's terrifying. That is a terrifying flaw in the human design. Like the human design is the human body is designed to get used to a bad smell, which I guess is great if you're like in war or you know you're you're in a horrible situation where you're chained to a wall with a bunch of dead bodies around for a couple of months like an extreme situation well I don't know why I went there Jesus but like you know what like an extreme situation survival mode I get it I get if your your body is like oh I'm in survival mode I'm gonna get used to this terrible smell but like just in general so you're telling me that if like I smell bad I won't know because I'm used to it Oh, God. So I was like, yeah, he's probably right. They're probably just used to it. Their whole apartment smells like her breath. And so I was like, please do me a favor. If I ever have that bad breath, please, please tell me. He promised he would, but I don't know. He's really, really nice. And I, I was like, well, you, and I did say that. I was like, I doubt you'll tell me. You're too nice. How would you tell me? And then he said, I would probably start asking you about your health. Because that's the other thing. If you, if you do have like chronically halitosis or chronic bad breath, you have a health problem. Like you're eating something that's not mixing with your, your body chemistry, right? So like, but I am terrified of having bad breath. And then I read this, this tweet about this guy who was on Law & Order SVU and he had a scene with iced tea. Yeah, iced tea. And he, I was like, fuck, did I make uh, cube and tea? I wonder if who came first, ice cube or iced tea? It doesn't matter, but I'm just wondering if like iced tea came first and then ice cube came out and iced tea was like, what the fuck? I'm the iced tea. And he's ice tea, not iced tea. You probably know that, but I didn't know iced the drink was iced tea. I thought it was iced tea until like two years ago. And it blew my fucking mind. It blew my fucking mind. Um, but so this guy did this, uh, Law and Order SVU episode. Um, I just want to say thank you. Every time I breathe, I just want to like thank the universe. Oh, that felt so good. I can't even tell you. You don't understand how good a breath, deep breath feels until you can't do it very often. Um, but so he's working with Ice-T and he had a couple scenes with him and he said he had the worst breath every time that he had ever smelled in his life. And he says he thinks about it once a week. I think about that. Now I think about it once a week. Terrified of having bad breath. Terrified. So I am... I am, uh, I'm getting to know a person. Uh, I, I'm still not sure what to call it, but he is wonderful and I am, I'm excited and I'm happy and I'm excited to see where it goes. And, you know, I've been kind of talking about it for the last, God, it's been two months now. Jesus, it's been two months. That's wild. Um, what's even more wild is I was having a, I'm, I, I don't think he, li I know he doesn't listen to this because I can see what part of what, who listens, like I can see what parts of country is downloaded and he doesn't live in LA yet. Um, but, uh, and I don't, I think we sort of talked about uh, like not listening to this just because I'm like, I, I say a lot of really private personal stuff on there and it's not that I don't want him to know about all this stuff, but I would rather be the one to tell him, um, tell him like I have a lot of people who listen to this and think they know me and you do you guys know me very well like because I am so candid on this my kitten is yelling in the background again um you can't hear her at all but it drives me crazy uh I'm having a bizarre day um my brain is much you know just ping pong and the breathing and you know I'm gonna lay down after this but um but um yeah I have people like who like think they know me really really well just because of my my comedy or my art well you said this on stage it's like well yeah I'm a comedian of course I don't shit my pants all the time I mean like I sometimes wish I did because it's so funny but but like so I, I we kind of had to talk about how um there's a lot of stuff from my past in my childhood that I'm nervous about telling him just because you know it's really intimate it's really scary and so I'm always scared he's going to be listening to this, but I, I think we've sort of been like, maybe wait to listen until, you know, we get to know each other more. But, um, I'm, and if he does, hi, uh, he, uh, there's, there was some stuff. Okay. So there was some stuff that was going on that he, he wasn't as available to me as I want him to be. And, old Kim, I'm just, I want to just share some like recovery is what they call it in ACA and 12 step, but like some growth, you know, the, the, the regular bear, the average bear calls it growth. Um, and, and, and 12 steps, we call it recovery. And it's all the same thing. You know what I mean? Like some, like the 12 step movements, not for everybody, but like therapy isn't, you know what I mean? So just like, but we call it recovery. And so some recovery is he was not showing up for me in ways that I wanted him to. 
and it was really starting to hurt my feelings and it was really starting to make me feel neglected. Now, old Kim would have just said, oh, well, that's what I deserve. Not consciously, but some subconsciously, you know, like, oh, that's what I deserve. So I, I will just, you know, I guess I'll just not say anything. And, and then I would get a resentment and then I get sadder and sadder. And, and then, you know, and, and, and of course the relationship would, would, would suffer because, well, because that's one, you know, one person's not saying how they're feeling. Right. And so that, that a lot of times it would end that way. And it would just be like, oh, well, I never said, I just never, I, this sounds crazy. Any relationship I have never expressed my needs or when I am unhappy until it's to the point where we're like drunkenly fighting or like it's over and it's like, well, fuck him anyway. You know what I mean? In a relationship, I've never healthily exp- expressed my needs. That is so, it, I, I don't, I don't want to use the word embarrassing. I'm not embarrassed by it. I, when I knew better, I did better, but that is wild for me to know, like wild for me to be like, I'm this many years old. And so he wasn't, and so I was like, Hey, I need to talk to you. Um, I haven't been really happy about us for, you know, a little bit. And, and, and like he showed up and like, I, I expressed my needs. Oh my God, it fucking sucked. It sucked. It was so hard. And thankfully he knows me well and he knows my stuff. And I was able to be like, I'm really uncomfortable with expressing how I feel. Um, so he's, he's, you know, he's shown up. It's just like, I've never had, I've, it's wild. I've never gotten to know someone. I don't want to label it at all. Like I like it where it's at. Like I have a good friend who's like, well, what, what about this? What about that? And I'm like, yeah, I like where it's at right now. I want it to go slow. I want it to go crazy slow because I've never gotten slow. It's always like, all right, let's have a whirlwind romance. Now you're my boyfriend. I met your parents. We're in love. Should we move in together? Oh my God, we're going to get married. We're so in love. We're so in love. And then it dies. And then, cause that's not real. You know, like it's all like Jimmy, the dragon was like a whirlwind. Oh, I just went too close to the microphone. Uh, a whirlwind romance that, you know, I mean, yeah, it was, <laughs> you heard a lot about it, but there was love in there. And I know I'm, I, the breakup story is awful. And Jimmy, the dragon does have a lot of, um, a lot of faults is a nice way to put it. Uh, but it was a whirlwind romance and I was in love as much as I could have been like, like as much as I had the capacity to love someone, I loved him. Um, and so it's, it's so wonderful to, to be getting to know someone slowly and to be expressing my needs, my wants, how I feel and having that be reciprocated. I mean, I, I think I talked about this last week where it's like, you can't set a boundary with an unhealthy, like you can't express a need or set a boundary with an unhealthy person because when you do it, it, they take it as a personal criticism or a threat. Um, and I know this because I was an unhealthy person. And if someone set a boundary with me, I took it as a personal criticism and a threat. Now people set boundaries with me and I respect them because I am healthier. Right. Oh man. I, uh, I, speaking of Jimmy, the dragon, his dad died. I got where I got, um, who am I kidding? I, I saw him on Facebook. Um, I can, I can lie to you guys. I, I saw, I, something reminded me of him and I checked in on him. We all check in on our ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends. I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress. I checked in on him just to see what he was up to. I like I said, like, even though it was a very unhealthy relationship and it was short lived, it was, you know, I, 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 we, I believe we loved each other as much as we could neither one of us had the capacity to have like healthy, real love. Right. But I believe we loved each other. And so every now and then, you know, someone cared about you check in on, especially if they're, you know, a cocaine addict who has a lot of, uh, mental issues. So I checked in on him and his dad died a couple of weeks ago and, uh, God, his, uh, his dad was, which is so sad. His dad was, I mean, it's sad anyway, but his dad was just such a sweet guy. Like his dad was so sweet. I told you when we all slept in that big bed together, how he made me coffee every morning. Um, so fucking weird, but just such a sweet guy, just like a, you know, a, a small town, man. I'm it's so sad. I, I want, I almost reached out to Jimmy and, but then, but then, you know, better judgment came in and was like, you don't need to do that. He's got, he's got people in his life. He probably has a girl in his life that you don't need. Like, don't, don't walk into the fire. You can send love in your heart. Like I send him love. But that night I had a dream. This is what's wild. So like, I, I'm, I, I have not 
drank in uh, four months. Is it four months? November, December, October, <laughs> January, February. Yeah. So four months. It'll be five. March will make five if I, you know, uh, mostly because I, obviously COVID. I mean, I wasn't really drinking that much prior to getting COVID. Um, but, you know, like a, a whiskey tasting, a Zoom party, you know, here and there. But I haven't and I'm not going to until I'm 100 percent for like two weeks. Right. Not even a glass of wine because I just I my health is too important. But I find when I don't drink, uh, I get more connected, which is also interesting, which like connected to source in the universe, which makes me like I'm I, I, I think this might be a permanent thing just because I the, the growth and spiritual like connectedness I have since. And it might also be the COVID stuff because COVID was really scary and I didn't almost die, but it was, you know, on the table. You get the virus that's on the table. And so I have these like crazy vivid dreams and I, I'm doing a lot of inner child work and I'll talk about inner child work another day if you don't know what that is. But um, I had th I had this dream that Jimmy came back and convinced me to be with him again and I was like, okay, yeah. And I, I, the whole time I was like, I don't feel like this is a good idea. Like it felt wrong, but I didn't want to hurt him because I'm such a people pleaser. And I guess in my dream, it was like, well, I don't want to hurt him. So I got rid of my rent controlled, beautiful apartment that I love. And I moved in with him into this mansion. What's wild is I've been dreaming about this mansion for the last like month. There's just been different. So I just feel like there's got to be something that uh, that on another plane that something's trying to tell me. I know this sounds very like witchy and voodoo, voodoo, voodoo. Um, I don't know why that's funny. It is. Uh, but like, but I wonder what this man, because it's, there's ghosts, it's dark. It's like, it's, in, it's a lot of rooms. But so Jimmy lives in this, 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 done or this mansion and I move in and his parents live there and uh then then there's like no intimacy no like no sex no love no nothing Jimmy's just now going out all the time and all of a sudden I'm stuck taking care of this baby I didn't know that he had and his parents were like yeah that's why I wanted you to move in is so we could go out all the time he doesn't love you he just wants you to take care of this baby and then I was like in the dream even I was like what so I left the baby and I called and I left Jimmy and I called my landlord and then spent the rest of the dream like trying to get my apartment back. And then Jimmy tried to get me back. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to take care of your baby. And he's like, no, I love you. Wild dream. Right. But the next day I couldn't shake it. I have these dreams where I can't shake it. That was the dream I had about my 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 current friend. I don't know what to call him. <laughs> my current friend, my friend, uh, and and I couldn't shake it. And then I I heard from him, right? So I don't. Jimmy's been blocked on phone calls, almost everything for years. Um, so I won't hear from him. But I couldn't shake it all day, and I couldn't figure it out. And my new friend is about to move here, right? He lives in another state, and he's about to move here, which is so fucking exciting and so fucking scary, and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just trying to stay out of the wreckage of the future. Just like don't feel future trip like trying to like you know future trip you make up the worst possible case scenario or even the like dum dum da dum I'm like just fucking stay right here right here in this moment just stay here breathe through it as best you can Karolski because you can't breathe right now but I couldn't shake the dream all day and I couldn't figure it out and then I was like oh my inner kid is I'm on the brink of possibly starting a new relationship and my inner kid is scared. I'm going to abandon her again because when I get into relationships, I abandon myself fully. Right. Um, and I, that's why I stopped dating until I could heal myself. And now I feel healed I'm aware of my patterns. I, you know, I've done all the work behind it and now it's about to be like the test. All right. Are we going to abandon ourselves? And I like sat quietly and meditated with that. and was just like, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm just not going to abandon you no matter what. We don't know if this guy is the guy who knows he could come here and it'd be terrible. He could come here and be wonderful. He could come here and be just like only okay. Right. <laughs> like, but like, it's just, it's just wild. And I'm loving the connectedness that I'm feeling with the, with source. That sounds, I feel like this, this episode has been very, well, I can't breathe guys. I'm doing my best. Uh, but, um, yeah, 
I don't, I lost my train of thought. I didn't lose my train of thought. I just wanted to take a breath. Oh, I did it. Oh, take a deep breath with me. Um, yeah, so I'm just working through it. And I worked through an ex-boyfriend trigger last week too. And what I, what I said I was going to talk about working through triggers. Uh, if you, what, it, what that is, is if you have a, an overreaction to something, there's probably something that it, like an old thing that happened to you that is that you're reacting really to that old thing than really to this current thing, right? There, like the saying is, if it's hysterical, it's historical. So if it's like crazy dramatic, there's probably something in your past that is making you react to that way. And that's pretty much with everything, right? Like any, any big thing, little thing, like we react because of our perceptions and past experiences. Like we, what are we, except for just like what we've been through and who, what we know, you know what I mean? But I was having a overreaction to my guy not being you know, as responsive or available or, and I, I, I started to think about, uh, the guy that I dated right before I, right when I got into ACA, um, the last guy I like dated seriously. And, uh, and he treated me terribly. Um, he basically, uh, cheated a bunch, then, um, blamed me, then told me, I have so much shame around this. I'm going to be really vague because I, he, I've been told I, he, he tends to listen and watch all of my stuff and then gaslights me about it. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a very long time, but, um, he, uh, yeah, we, it was, you know, we, we, it was like a jump in head first type of relationship whirlwind, not slow at all. I think that's why I'm really grateful for the slowness, even though I'm very uncomfortable with the slowness of this new thing. I'm grateful for it because past experience has shown me when you, you know, rush in and like have this in, in you know, a whirlwind thing, it usually dies pretty quickly and abruptly. But this guy, um, we, we were dating. It was, you know, it was not, it was, uh, he just, he just slept with a bunch of people when I was, you know, thinking that we were on the same page with how we felt. And then he gaslit me into believing that that was my fault. And then that I had made up the relationship and that he never felt that way about me. And then gaslit me into being his friend. And I have so much shame around it because like I was an active participant in this. It's not that like, I can't be like, he made me do this, but like I was, you know, spiritually sick. And like, now I look back, like, I'm like, he was, I, I was like, that's all I knew was just like, don't abandon me. Whatever, whatever I have to do. Okay, fine. You don't want to be my boyfriend. Fine. You just want to be my friend. Oh, you want to be my friend while you're with the girl you cheated on me with. That's fine. As long as you don't leave me, just don't leave me. And there's so much shame around that. And I'm in the amends process in my program. And like my very first amends I make is to myself. And it's a living amends, meaning like I won't do that anymore. So when you know better, you do better. And um, and this guy's not in my life anymore. I, uh, last time I saw him, he, he definitely yelled at me about stuff that I talked about when I was on Dash Radio, when I talked about him and I was just like, what is happening? Why are you listening to my shows? Like if I, if I'm that unimportant to you and I'm, you've never had feelings for me or care about me, why the fuck are you listening to my podcast and radio show? But I didn't realize, like, I have no feelings for this dude at all. Like, I don't have any feelings, like in terms, like if I saw him in the street, I'd hug him and say, hi, I'm not angry. I'm not anything. Right. So I haven't thought about him in so long. But when, when my new dude wasn't responding to me, I was like something, I'm having a big reaction, like a real big reaction that like has nothing to do with, uh, my, my fella now, like nothing to like, he's, he told me why he's not being very available. He just, he, you know, he's just thoroughly busy. That makes me sound like I, I, I don't need to get into all the details about his own personal life, but like, I, I know intellectually why he hasn't been that available but emotionally, I was having this insane reaction. So I called my mentor sponsor and was like, this is what's happening. And she was like, let's work through the trigger. And I thought I'd walk away afterwards feeling much better. And I didn't. It sucked. But now it's been a week of processing and I have let go of this trigger. It's wild. So if you have something that if you're I, I'm just this is this is my this. I, I feel like I'm every time I do these things, I'm like giving away this woman's like her wisdom, but I guess that's, she's somebody else gave it to her and somebody else gave it to her. You know what I mean? So like the trigger. So what you do is you sit down and you write out everything that happened, everything and how you felt 
exactly how you felt at the time. And then you feel those feelings, like really feel those shitty feelings. Like I felt abandoned, neglected, unimportant, not enough, unworthy, undeserving, like all that shit feelings. I wrote for like 15 pages about this guy's, our entire relationship. Right. And, and I felt all the feelings. And then you write what would have, how you should have been treated had it been with a, a healthy person? Like what would have been the, the way you should have been treated? And yes, this guy should have not been with me. This guy should have broken up with me. I'm not saying I shouldn't have been treated like he should have treated, like he should have, but the way he did everything was just so ugly. And then you write out how he, what you wanted, how you should have been treated, how you deserve to be treated in that moment. And then you feel those feelings and like the feelings were still sad because he still would have broken up with me and he still wouldn't have wanted to be with me, but it would have been in a more healthy manner, right? In a healthy way of just like, this isn't working out for me. You're a great girl. And I wrote all that down and then you're supposed to feel that. And then when you feel nice and shitty, <laughs> nice and shitty, um, you do something to support yourself and love yourself. I talked about the happy list a bunch. Um, you do some, I, and I, I did, I, I planted three little, uh, three little pots full of flowers, lilac sunflowers and, and daisies. I don't know. I'm told three to six weeks, I will be seeing sprouts. I'm very impatient. As you know, I'm very, very impatient. I like to read the last chapter of every book. I want to know how the fuck my new thing's going to end. Like I need to know, but I'm learning patience and just be in the moment. So I, I planted these, I did that. It's like inner kid work. I did something fun with my kid and then I baked brownies and I felt bad. I felt bad and it's okay to feel bad. And I felt sad the rest of the day. And, and then I talked to my guy that night about how I was feeling about where we were at in our, our thing. And then I felt bad the next day. And then the next day I started to feel a little bit better. And now it's been about a week and I, it's wild. I feel healed from that trigger. I feel, I feel healed. And so it just fuck man. If you're working on yourself and you're trying to rewire your brain or rewire, yeah, rewire your brain or, or, or stop the cycle of generational fam, familial dysfunction, my fucking hat off to you. This work isn't easy. It's not for the weak. It's fucking hard. And it's, it's just fucking hard, man. And, and I love that I have built in the last year, I have built a really solid foundation of self-love. And I think that's important. If you are trying to work through trauma and work through past stuff, I think it's important to build a really, really strong foundation of self-love and self-care before you do, because you're going to need to really be able to fall back on it. Like today, like today when I felt, you know, I felt bad. I feel bad. Um, I'm, I'm showing up for myself with self-care and love and so just like, whew, I read, I read an awesome tweet that said it ran in my family until it ran into me. And that just feels so fucking good. It's, it's, it's my hats off to you. I'm sending you a lot of love if you're working through this stuff. Cause I am too. And I do a lot of crying, a lot of baths, a lot of baking and a lot of crying because <laughs> it's self care and just a lot of crying. Um, but yeah. And then also I heard this cool thing the other day. So I'm, I'm doing a bunch of stuff right now that's just scaring the ever-living shit out of me, right? Just like putting myself out there a whole lot, ever-living shit out of me. I'm going to do a bunch of it today. And I'm so scared, but I heard a really cool thing from someone that, that has helped me shift it a little bit. When I'm nervous and I feel those butterflies, it's not, it's not scary because it's the butterflies in my stomach cheering me on. Because excited feeling and nervous feeling are the same feeling. It's the same chemical shit. But like if you can, it's just your perception of it. So I'm giving you that to that because I'm giving you that because somebody else gave it to me. Oh, man. Should we do a little poop, scoop, booty? We got through it. God, there was a half hour where I was like, I'm going to have to stop this episode. And I know I love you guys. A lot of people will message me and be like, it's okay if you can't do the whole episode. We get it. You're I love you guys. It's more for my own like, I'm going to get through this because like. I love doing this so much and I already can't do a lot of stuff right now. So this is my, this is my self care, you know, doing something I love very much. And I get, I'm, I'm one lucky broad. Here we go. Before we go into the poop scoop, I am one lucky broad that I have a thing I get to do that lights me the fuck up and that there are people that will, that want to listen to this and it lights them the fuck up too. 
Like, how crazy is that? Like, I get to do something I love and other people listen to it and love it too. What? What? If you would have told 10-year-old Kim that, she would have slapped you across the face and called you a, I don't know what that means. 10-year-old Kim probably wouldn't have done that. But, but like, what? So in One Lucky Broad, I get to do this thing every week that I just love so, so much. And it seems to be being received really well. Um, so thank you. Thanks for, for sitting with me when I feel bad. Um, and it's okay to not feel okay. You know, it's just okay. Um, so you ready for a little poop scoop? I want to, I, I, I do keep toying with, oh, it's up here. I do keep toying with the idea of, um, of doing, uh, a theme song for the poop scoop, like how I sang the theme song for Crawl Space, which I still find very, very funny. <laughs> Every time I listen to it with someone else, I'm like, oh yeah, I sang that, that, that. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we know. We know that's you. It's, it's obvious you sing your own theme song. <laughs> um, if you don't th sing your own theme song or you've never tried to sing your, sing, your th sing, <laughs> sing your own theme song, I highly recommend it. It brings a lot of joy into your life. So I think I'm going to sing my own poop scoop song. I just have to write it out first. Um, so I, I'm, I have a lot of poop scoop entries and my one buddy, Roger Powell, uh, has entered a lot of them. I mean, like probably 15 and he says he's got more coming. So I, I, he's, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And the fact that he has labeled this, he has an outline for me. He's labeled every one of them. And um, they're very funny. In fact, this one, I didn't text myself. I put it up on my computer because he actually gave me visual, visual, uh, visuals, visual aids. Sorry, I couldn't think of the. He gave me visual aids. So uh, I will post them on my Instagram if you want to know <laughs> what. Okay. Um, and I, I've never read this before. So this is your poop scoop. This is from Roger Powell, uh, one of my best friends in the whole world. You know those people in your life? Fuck, guys, I got a lot of really cool people in my life. And I'm only halfway done. I mean, fingers crossed. I hope I live, you know, to 98. So I have a little less than halfway done. But like, I already have some of the coolest people in my whole life in my life now. I just, it's so exciting. Um, all right, you ready? This one's called Berwin House. I love that he labeled them. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Right after college, my buddy Corey and I, hold on, I got to breathe. I don't want to ruin this by being out of breath. Uh, right after college, my buddy Corey and I, Corey's awesome, and I went back to our old school to go bar hopping with some gals who were a year or two younger than us. After last call, we went back to the girls' apartment to smoke some weed and drink a few more, drink a few more. When it was time to go, I said my goodbyes and headed to the car. Corey drove that night and was lollygagging. So I wait, I was waiting in his car, lollygagging. That's when I realized that the poop train was chugging along and I could not stop it. My options were limited. The poop train was chugging along. We've all been there where it's like, I'm, I'm drinking apple cider vinegar every morning. It's disgusting, but I'm trying to like get myself to poop regularly. And I am pooping regularly now, but it's like a full on uh, emergency every single time, every single time. I was on the phone with a girlfriend the other day. We were FaceTiming and we were talking about something really serious and I was trying to get through it. And I was like, I'm going to shit my pants. I I'll call you back in four minutes. I'm like, don't worry. It's like a real quick poop. It's like quick one and done. It's done in like two and a half minutes. So I'll call you right back. And she was like very alarmed. She's been friends with me for 20 years. So she wasn't really that alarmed. So I love that's when I realized the poop train was chugging along and I could not stop it. My options were limited. We're back at Roger's story. Sorry, I interrupted. My options were limited. Option one, try to get back on the elevator, make it to the ninth floor, burst into the apartment of the girl who I had a crush on. She is in two poop stories. Yes. Then destroy her bathroom. So that's option number one. I don't know if I do that option. You know what I mean? You really like somebody. You don't want to, you can't, you just can't destroy someone's bathroom early on. I mean, eventually, I guess you can. You don't ever really want to, but like we're humans and humans are disgusting. But yeah, option one does not sound like an option to me. He said option two, poop in the nearest grassy area. I can't believe how I, why my eyes are right now. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Poop in the nearest grassy area. Which one would you guys choose? I would choose the nearest grassy area. That's what I would poop in, right? 
it's dark. No one's around. Like you're drunk. So it's like, whatever. Ooh, he chose option two. Roger and I are very close. Oh, man. The theme song is happening right now. I, I forget to like, uh, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. But Roger and I are, are very similar and he chose option two and I could not be happier. I guess either one choose your own adventure. Both would have been hilarious, hilarious, but he decided to poop in the nearest grassy area. The only problem was option two was a grassy medium like circle right in front of a six story apartment building. Meaning if anyone (laughs) walked out of the building, the first thing they would see was a circular driveway, then a drunk pooping black Indian dude. (laughs) And those things are really lit up too. Usually like those little mediums usually have like a big ass spotlight. Why don't you just poop in the street then? Like in a dark area. (laughs) I was squatting facing the entrance of the building and to stabilize myself, I grabbed a handful of grass when it was squatting facing. Yeah, I guess you kind of want to be ready, but I guess, would you want to know? Yeah, I guess you'd want to know. You wouldn't want it. Yeah, you want to know. So you want to face the building. Okay. Uh, sta- to stabilize myself, I grabbed a handful of grass. Luckily for me, it was like 3.30 in the morning. No one was expected to be awake. Unluckily for me, Corey, God, I love Corey, walked out and startled me. What are you doing? (laughs) Can you imagine you walk out of the building and you see your friend sitting in this like grassy medium squat, squatted down and he doesn't have his pants on? What are you doing? (laughs) That's when the handful of grass I was grabbing onto gave way. I fell backwards into my own poop. No, no. Oh my God, I'm crying. Corey, of course, had a good laugh, but opened up his car and drove back, drove into the back. Wait. Corey, of course, had a good laugh, but opened up his car. Oh, and I drove back in the back seat, belly down and passed out. Oh, and his whole back was covered of poop. It was actually Corey's father's car. Oh, no. The next day, I imagine that Corey's father knows Roger, though, so he probably wasn't if he knew the story. Okay. The next day, Corey called me and told me that when he woke up that afternoon, his father said to him, son, the car smells like shit. Human shit, son. (laughs) Son, the car smells like shit. Human shit, son. Corey had to get the car washed, but I think he would agree that it was worth it for the story. I mean, shit, he once slept, sleep, walk, peed in my walk-in closet, so I think we're cool. I mean, I don't know if that's even... I don't, oh man, that is, all right, I will post on my Instagram, um, I will post on my Instagram this picture, I'm trying to figure out how, I'll put it in the, the, so you know, in the picture that I post for today's episode, so I'll, I usually post like a selfie. I did my makeup kind of pretty today, so I'll be posting a selfie with my makeup. But I usually post that, but then I'll slide. I'll explain it because it, there's it is a really well, there is no spotlight. I don't see a spotlight, but those apartments are usually pretty well lit up in the city. So like, I don't even see, there used to be grass there. Oh my God. Thank you, Roger. Oh, it's such a perfect way to end. It's so good. It's so good. Um, all right. Uh, okay. That's your poop scoop. And, uh, Oh, if you want to send me your poop scoop story and you want me to read it on air or you want to send me one lucky broad or just words of love or you want or you have questions about anything I've talked about today. It can be it'll like if you have questions about trauma or recovery or anything that I've gone through that you, too, can relate to and you'd like uh, direction pointed into some some, you know, tools or uh, a 12-step program, anything like that, just reach out to me, email me, email me, email me. I love the poop scoop stories, but I also love personal emails too. I really love them. Um, At K-Y-M-K-R-A-L-S-P-A-C-E at gmail.com, kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. And if you get a second, if you could leave me a review and a rating, that would mean so much. And if you could subscribe, all that stuff, uh, just, it just really helps getting, 
uh, the podcast in front of other humans. So um, I'm going to read this week's, uh, every week I want to read, I just grabbed my boob for those of you watching on YouTube. Um, I don't know why I did that. I just, I just literally, I did it again. Um, uh, I like to read a review every week and just say thank you to all of you guys who are listening. It just means a whole bunch to me. And um, hopefully hearing a review will encourage you to write a review because it just means, it just really helps the podcast grow and grow. And um, that's my goal. So uh, this one comes from R-D-A-R-O. I I know who this is. I won't, her name isn't her name on the um, thing, so I won't say her real name. Uh, but she wrote best ever. Um, who wouldn't love this podcast? Kim is so candid and unapologetically honest. It's hilarious and also inspiring. This is my new favorite pod for sure. Love you, Kim. Oh my God. I love you too. This prod is like one of my, oh my God, I'm going to run out of battery on my Mac. Um, I forgot to plug it in. So I guess I got to, oh, we got, we got like 9%. No one cares about this. Uh, I love her. I love her. I love her. God, I, I love women who support other women. Like those are the women I have in my life. I no longer have women in my life who talk shit about other, you know, I just no longer it's, it's by, um, someone like you brought to just have a lot of really supportive, really rad powerhouse women in my life. It's fucking cool. I'm one lucky broad guys. Thank you so much. This was the episode. This is a good episode. I, I don't feel good today. And, um, as always, this perked me right up and made my, made my afternoon. So, uh, uh, stay safe out there. Follow me on all the socials if you haven't already. Um, a lot of fun stuff I hope is coming up and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Crawl space, crawl.